Museum. The Mendocino County Museum in Willits. Printmaking demonstration offers the community an opportunity to learn traditional and contemporary methods and play with color, texture, and layering on Saturday from 1.30 to 3 p.m. in Willits. The Anderson Valley Skate Park Project Fall Fling Fundraiser includes bands, food and drink, raffle, and live auction on Saturday 3 to 7 p.m. at the Anderson Valley Brewing Company. Jennifer Speary Steinorth reads from her book, Awake with Nine Shades. For the Loba Poetry Series on Saturday, 3 p.m. at the Ukiah Public Library. This is the last weekend to check out the Water Tower Wonderland, the summer exhibit at the Kelly House Museum in Mendocino, which is open Thursday through Monday, 11 a.m. to 3 p.m. The Mendocino Dance Project's Vertical Dance Performances in the Redwoods are both Saturday and Sunday near Mendocino. Everyone's invited to the Family and Youth Movement Workshop on Sunday from 1 to 4 p.m. at Willett's Center for the Arts. And insights into understanding children's behavior can be gleaned on Wednesday the 20th, 6 p.m. at Willett's Center for the Arts. Please let us know about your event or public service announcement at least two weeks in advance by submitting it to our online calendar, kzyx.org. Hundreds of times what workers do. Scott Harz is a UAW member making $23 an hour, striking at Ford's assembly plant in Wayne, Michigan. He says yeah, that amount is like not NPR. enough. If we don't get like over... And Myelin, you are listening to KZYX Philo 90.7 FM. And KZYZ Willits and Ukiah 91.5 FM. And Fort Bragg at 88.1 FM. Together we make Mendocino County Public Broadcasting Disney Supporter Community Radio. We also stream online at kzyx.org. Supports for KZYX come from our members and Mama's Cafe at 210 South State Street in Ukiah. Open Wednesdays to Saturday, 7.30 a.m. to 2 p.m. And now Sundays from 9 a.m. to 1 p.m. from breakfast and lunch. Mama's Cafe brings families and friends together since 2001. For more information, mamascafeukiah.com. And stay tuned for Inside KCYX. I guess we can start with you. So, good morning. Welcome to Inside KZYX. Heard every third, first and third Friday from 9 to 10 a.m., offering you a glimpse behind the scenes at Mendocino County Public Broadcasting and covering all things KZYX. I'm your host, Marty Derlin, and with me in the Ron O'Brien studio in Philo, California, is Victor Palomino, KZYX Public Affairs Director, Bilingual Reporter, and Outreach Coordinator. Good morning, Victor. Good morning, Marty. Um, today, we'll begin with a brief wrap-up of notable KZYX events of the past couple of weeks, and then we'll move on to an interview conducted by our music director, Catherine Cole, with reggae music host, Larry Hacken. After that, we'll hear from Mendocino County Public Broadcasting Board of Directors President, 
Dina Polkinghorn, and she'll be with us here live in the studio, and we'll take your calls. So here's our update. So uh, we were hoping for another week without a signal drop. We had one last week, but no, that didn't happen. Mm -hmm. Yesterday, KZYX was off the air for nearly four hours uh, in the afternoon. Um, so, uh, and it took off every single one of our signals. Usually we can keep 91.5 on by, uh, we have a UPS up at the Cold Spring site and it'll get the signal to the Laughlin Peak transmitter, but that, that, that ran out of battery. And so we really had nothing. And of course the signal in Fort Bragg is dependent on the one in Cold Springs as well. So, um, you know, we contacted Cal Fire, of course. Uh, I don't know why uh, the repair in the generator was so slow yesterday. I'll hear about that from um, Cal Fire's uh, Director of Technical Services, Mike Duggan, today. I have a call scheduled with him on every Friday afternoon. And he's been very faithful about reporting in. And I did speak to him yesterday afternoon. And he. this was after we'd finally gone on the air. And then it went off again. And then it came on again. And it just was the most frustrating thing. We. It's terrible for us, as, as I'm sure you, you all. You all suffer along with us if you're trying to listen. So, um, but... I mean, there have been some encouraging developments. They've uh, uh, this is Cal Fire. Uh, they run the, uh, the the electric service, the power service at the site. And um, just to review quickly, the that uh, the lines were all brought down during the winter storms. And we've been running on generator power ever since, uh, KZYX and every other entity that's up there. Uh, so um, they're now they've put out bids for generator service at the site so that uh, the service issues aren't dependent on CAL FIRE employees who have a lot of other things to do. And supposedly that'll take care of the outages we've suffered. And they've also opened bidding for the... Uh, repair of the electric lines that were damaged in this winter storms um, and of course that's been the, been the power problem up there so we're encouraged that this problem will eventually have a permanent solution and KZYX as well as other organizations who uh, use that site uh, will will return to quote normal and which is a, a steady power supply to the site. So more news as we go along. And as I say, I am in touch with Mike and uh, we'll, we'll learn as we go. And I did express to him how frustrating it is for us and how damaging to not have any response to these outages uh, until four hours later. Um, so... We're hoping they get that. Yeah, another week. <laughs> another week. But we did have 
you know, we last week uh, we had a week without a power, mm-hmm. a signal outage, and this week we had none until until yesterday. Until yesterday, and it was a long one. Yes, but when that happens, we always have our streaming in our app available. So if you lose the signal on the radio, terrestrial signal, uh, if you have access to a computer, you can always go to kcyx.org. We'll still streaming or programming there, or you can use the KCYX app. Yep, and the app works great. Too. So mm-hmm. if you've got phone service and a fairly smartphone, mm-hmm. you can you can get it's us that way as well. All right. So uh, in news about the KZYX new studio project at 390 Clay Street in Ukiah, we're setting up a meeting with our historical consultants and the National Endowment for the Humanities, uh, hopefully to resolve the issue that's been uh, halting our work at the site. And that that issue is a question about whether our building is historic. Well, they say it is because it was built in 1948, so it's 75 years old. And that in the the style of the building and the architecture have some kind of historic value. It does. It's yeah. a mid-century modern and has these kind of um, slanting roofs. I don't know how to say it correctly yeah. in architecture speak, but. Um, anyway, uh, we the the main the main issue will be for us is not to change the outside appearance of the building, and so uh, we'll. Um, but it is apparently uh, you know eligible for the National Historic Register. Um, but we the the NEH thinks we can resolve it. Uh, because we had only we had planned to change one window uh, in that building, and uh, so that this this would preclude that. But that is a small small change that we can make, and I'm sure the uh, city of Ukiah will uh, approve that, and and hopefully we can go forward. So that's nearing a resolution. It looks like anyway. And when that happens, it'll free up funds from the National Endowment for the Humanities and allow us to access about $150,000 in funds from NEH. And it will also allow us to continue to work on the site, which we could have done, uh, but they said, don't don't do anything till we resolve this issue. So... That's moving along ever so slowly, but <laughs> it is moving along. And the big we bureaucratic <laughs> process of getting subsidized. Yes. <laughs> and and of course that's a lot of money to us for this project. Exactly. And, and time. And, and time and every other thing. Yeah. So uh, we formed a, a building advisory group. The acronym is BAG. Um, and that committee, our group, actually met for the second time on Monday of this week, and we discussed the location of the NPR satellite dish. Um, the The site we chose may be impacted by by trees. We certainly prefer not to cut them down, um, but we need to relook at that. And uh, so, committee members include longtime volunteer Jamie Roberts, who's host of Radiogram. He's also a carpenter, longtime uh, carpenter. Uh, retired Ukiah contractor Howie Hawks. Uh, board secretary David Hull Stevens. Uh, project director Alexis Vincent. And new to the committee, but not to the project, 
Jeff Ellis, who's an Anderson Valley resident and KZYX volunteer who just helps us out here. He was in on the first part of the project, and he's been a helpful ally in the process. So I think it's a great committee, and it will also include Brian uh, Henry, our broadcast engineer when he's available he is on call a lot for other stations because as some of you may know this this skill this broadcast engineer uh, position is is hard to find and there are very few people who actually have those skills and the knowledge Mm -hmm. and so he's in demand from the bay area uh up to oregon and washington i believe so that, that's one of the first questions that everybody asks you when you go to visit a radio station. It's like, so who's your engineer? <laughs> yeah, and and often the answer is exactly the same. The same. Person. <laughs> yeah, when the when the uh, KBBF people came up, the um, mm-hmm. uh, Spanish language station in Santa in Rosa, Rosa, we had that conversation. Yeah, when I was in Radio Bilingue, the same. It's like one of the first things that they ask you. And yeah, it's like it's a it's a position that is very neat in this industry. Yeah. And our operations director, Rich uh, Culbertson, is about to embark on classes for that mm-hmm. himself. So that will be very, very helpful um, when that happens. So Thank you to everybody that is participating in our uh, building advisory group. It's a, a good community effort that they yes. are bringing their time and their talents to help us continue with this project. So thank you to all of them. Yeah, thanks so much. Uh, So Victor and I have been working on grants to the Community Foundation of Mendocino County. We've had assistance from our bookkeeper, Stephen Winkle, Operations Director Rich Culbertson, and Board Member, Writer, and Editor Extraordinaire Susan Baird Kanan has helped us as well. And um, so that's another in-house community effort here, collaborative effort. And the deadline for submission is Monday, this coming Monday at 5 p.m. So we're planning to submit at least two grants to um, the Community Foundation, a just wonderful organization who helps so many nonprofits and um, scholarship students around the county. Mm-hmm. So, anything else, Victor, you want to mention? Well, we had uh, our uh, old station meeting, which is the time of the year when we can uh, get together with all the volunteers. It's always a special time because we usually, like many of you are doing right now, we listen to each other, we know our voices, we have some new volunteers, and it was a time where we spent some time in person and some in Zoom. So, we did that in the town of Mendocino, at the Mendocino Arts Center, they have a beautiful building there and thank you for them to allow us to have the meeting there uh, we share some of the uh, what everybody's doing we update our volunteers with what we're doing inside the station and uh, yeah it was a good time to uh, get together and talk yeah. to everybody well you know we had to stop all that kind of stuff during covid and yes. so uh, we could only zoom and um you know, it it's really different to have people in person. So we had maybe fifteen folks in in the uh, with us at the Mendocino Art Center, and I don't know, thirty five or so at least, maybe forty yeah, maybe people 40 on the Zoom. Zoom. Mm-hmm. So it was a great turnout, and we appreciate all of our uh, programmers uh, being there, and a couple board members were there. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
so we thank them too. Kate Stornetta and Renee Vineyard were both there. Yeah, and we're getting uh, ready for our next uh, gathering in person. It's going to be on October 15th from 4 to 7, our uh, anniversary party, our 34-year anniversary party here at the Anderson Valley Brewing, uh, Brewery. So that's going to be fun, and everybody's invited to stop by and say hi and celebrate with us our 34th birthday. But another announcement that we have is on f- uh, Friday, September 29, uh, from 6.30 p.m. at the Mendocino College Theater. We are going to have a film uh, this is an event it's a fundraiser that is organized for the building fund the film is a documentary called the unredacted and as we're going to watch the film it's a film by director meg smacker and she's going to be there she's going to have a talk after the show so thanks to Stuart uh, for uh, putting this together and a group of people that are putting this together and it's uh, basically like a jihad rehab uh, movie. It's been a controversial movie and it's uh, a premiere here in, in Northern California and especially tell the stories of some people that were in Guantanamo and then they've been... Uh, the, then now they are in Saudi Arabia, so they tell their story of how they get there. So it's going to be an interesting conversation. It's a thought-provoking film, and it's called The Unredacted, and this is going to be on Friday, September 29, at 6.30 p.m. On September 21st at 3 p.m., we'll have uh, Stuart is going to bring back his um, show, uh, um, and he's going to uh, talk to the filmmaker with Meg Smacker here on KCYX, so you will have an opportunity to uh, listen to the film marker and her thoughts and also you can call in and have some questions so that's going to be on september 21st at 3 p.m here on kcyx mm, thanks victor for running that down and thanks to Stuart campbell and john azaro for putting together this benefit for the kcyx building fund constructing a new headquarters permanent home um new studios for KZYX in Ukiah. Yeah, we're really excited about that. It's going to be taking the radio station, this, not only as a radio station, but we are a multimedia community center. That's what we are We are right now, and we, we will continue. Yeah, we'll, we'll have the opportunity to expand mm-hmm. uh, that kind of effort in Ukiah. Okay, well, now we'd like to air the interview with Larry Hacken, um, conducted by our music director, um, and um, that will be uh, Catherine, Catherine Cole. And um, when we come back, uh, we'll welcome our uh, board president to the program, and we'll also open the phone lines later in the program. You're listening to an interview, an in conversation with Larry Hacken. He does heavyweight sounds on KZYX. So, so Larry, how long have you been doing this show? Um, you know, I believe since 1998. So how many years is that? Could be like 97. Don't 20, make, don't make me do 26, math. 30 years, 20, 26 years, something like that. And then, and how did you get started at KZYX doing the show? So I just moved out here from the Bay Area, and I wanted a good reggae show. And so right. I joined KZYX so that I could write a letter. And um, turns out I get a call from Mary Eigner mm-hmm. um, a couple weeks later 
So Mary called me around that time because she got my letter. Would you like to come in and take over? And I said, sure. I don't talk much in the air. I tell people what we're, what we're listening to and events in the reggae world. But other than that, you know, let's keep it to the music. So how, how did you even start with reggae music? I mean, what was your first introduction? Was this when you were in high school or were you, you know, how did you start listening, finding it and collecting it? Uh, 1977 was my first year in college. Uh, so no mistake, reggae music was just getting an upswing uh, or just getting popular outside of Jamaica more so. And um, I walked into a friend of mine's dorm room and he was playing Bob Marley and painting, uh, doing a painting with, with the same song title in the painting. And um, I was like, wow, what is this? And he told me it's Bob Marley. And so that started my, my love for reggae. And then um, a couple years later, I got to see Bob Marley in concert, 1970, 1980, I believe. Wow. In his last tour in California. And so I was hooked after that. Um, I was just uh, enamored by the music and culture. As a kid growing up, I uh, grew up in Savannah, Georgia. Okay. And um, my uncle is about five years older than me and really tuned into the music of the day, which was pretty much Motown, you know, soul music. And I was the top 10 in Georgia back then. So I had an early upbringing of uh, influence by my uncle of, uh, you know, knowing what every song was on the radio and soul. So I had a deep, a deep love for soul music and uh, reggae is uh, Jamaican music. Before there was a real Jamaican type of music, the music they played in Jamaica was American R&B and soul. Oh, see that? I didn't so, know. Okay. 1965 started the first real Jamaican music. It was ska music. And it, that stuff wasn't really played on the air or anything, but um, it was the first real Jamaican music. And then around 1967, they started to slow down the beat a little bit, and they called that Rock Steady. And right. then uh, Rock Steady evolved around 1969, 68, into reggae. It was coined term by one artist, and um, it was a little it was speeded up a little bit, and the beat. Yeah, they took influences from African, Latin, and soul music and made their own music and that started real jamaican uh unique sounds right so how does yeah. that relate you know like when you say ska rock steady i'm a child of the 80s the ska scene how does that relate to reggae or did they just go totally separate paths that was uh, called the ska revival mm. that's when um uh so punk rock was was uh getting going in the late 70s and in England, the punks and the skinheads, they loved reggae music. That was like their top, that was their soul music, basically. Hmm. Um, I always kind of wish I grew up in England because I would have grown up with reggae rather than soul in a lot of ways. Yeah, that was their soul music. And so the kids, the punk kids, they gravitated towards reggae music. Yes, the message and there was a lot of connection between punk and reggae back in the, those days. Right. Uh, Bob Marley used to hang out with, you know, The Clash. And in the 70s, like, a lot of punk bands would have reggae openers. Um, actually, The Clash had a Mikey Dread 
as their opener back then. And I went to see Patti Smith in the 70s, a punk singer, and she had a guy named Tapazuki opening her for her. So there was a connection between the two. And, uh, and in the early 80s, there's this uh, movement in England, Rock Against Racism, and it kind of, kind of combined the punk and the ska and the reggae and the Jamaican music sound. Right, you had like madness and... Madness. <laughs> One step beyond. <laughs> Yes, exactly. So all of that stuff, um, those got those bands, Madness and Specials, especially, um, they took their cues from early Jamaican music. In fact, many of Madness and the Specials songs that are so famous today came originally on a, on a reggae record from the seventies or sixties. Wow! In, like when I play out in the bars, I often people request the specials and I'll play the original version. <laughs> and there's a guy in um, Jamaica who they call this King of Ska. And he was a producer, a singer, and um, just an all-time character in the music world named Prince Buster. And he was an uh, inspiration for so many of those Ska bands, Ska revival bands in the 80s. Wow. So so you, you went to Sonoma State, you see reggae, you, you hear it and, and see it. Were there a lot of reggae bands playing in Northern California or not? Not at that time, no, there weren't. Um, like I said, my first exposure to live music, live reggae was Bob Marley and the Whalers. And a few late, years later, a couple years later, like 1980 or maybe a year later, um, Peter Tosh left the uh, Whalers. He was uh, one of the singers and songwriters, bass player. Mm -hmm. And uh, he went on a solo career, put out his first record, and um, he eventually came to Sonoma State and played at the, uh, at the Commons in the cafeteria. Wow. In the so I got to see him back then. Um, that was just an amazing event for me. So there wasn't much until the until the early '80s when subgenre of reggae dance hall music became popular. Mainly, it was a type of um, talk over. It was kind of a rap. Um, they call it toasting in Jamaica, where oh. DJs DJs would go out on their mobile sound systems and play instrumentals and rap over the the uh, instrumental with the microphone. Like everything that came out of Jamaica came out on a forty-five. In those days, and still to this day, a lot of 45s. And usually on the, in the early 70s, they started a trend by putting a mixed version of the song, a local song, uh, on the B-side, and they would mix out the uh, vocals and add echoes and sound effects, and, and that be, that's what you call dub music now. Ah. Yeah, so... So the DJs. So versus live play. band, you're talking. This developed from actually DJs spinning the records. Exactly, and actually, you know, if you want to trace back the origin of rap, it comes back to Jamaica in that way. There was a there was a uh, a DJ whose parents were born in Jamaica, a New York DJ named Cool Herc, and he used to go to Jamaica and bring back records and and um, spin them in New York and talk over, rap over the lyrics. And uh, that kind of started the whole trend of rap music. Wow. So you know, that was really heavily influenced by the DJs of Jamaica. And they started calling that music DJ music, also toasting. Not really started back in 1955 with an artist called Count Machuki. And he would basically, they, they, like in a nightclub scene or whatever, wherever they were playing music, that person 
um, served as, as the hype man, you know, get the crowd going, yeah, baby. Right, know, right. would throw out little quips and just to get you excited about the music. So that's that's when you got a lot of artists like uh, Eka Mouse, Yellow Man. Right. And um, guys like that would come to the States a lot. And whenever I could, I would make sure to go to their shows. And right. So in the early 80s is when I really was exposed to many, many live uh, shows. I met this Rasta guy from Jamaica, lived down the street from me, and it turns out his name was Earl Zero, and uh, <laughs> I didn't know at the time, but he was like one of Jamaica's top songwriters and talents, and um, we became friends, and he turned me on to his music, and that got me deeper into it, and wow. I just like collecting records, you know, beyond Peter Tosh and Bob Marley and Jimmy Cliff, you know, I branched out from there. So, like, when you're getting music for DJing and your show, what artists, like, within the last five years that you would really recommend to people who are new artists that are actually out there playing right now that they can hear? Is there a particular bands that you recommend? Oh, wow, that's that's a difficult question. Um, there's a lot of great reggae out there now. Um, in the 80s, around the mid-80s, the music changed drastically. It went digital. Um, mm. And uh, a lot of the session musicians were put out of work. And everything, like, they made rhythms on a Casio keyboard. Wow. And it sounded like real computerized stuff. And I kind of lost interest in the, in, in the music then. And it became not so much about cultural and issues. It became more about, you know, money and guns and just what they called slackness, nasty lyrics, you know, sexual lyrics. And it went away. You know, I kind of blame cocaine came mm -hmm. to Jamaica around then. And so once cocaine was introduced in the Island, like it really changed the music tune. It, 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 you know, for me, for the worst. And, uh, although now I still listen to some of that digital 80s stuff can sound good to me now, but um, back then I kind of got this, with it. Mm -hmm. But uh, these days, there's a more trend towards more roots music right. like we had in the early 70s, early mid-70s. So there's many, many groups out there now that uh, carry that banner. On my show, I really focus on the 60s and 70s and early 80s. Mm -hmm. um, although I do play some new stuff occasionally, but in the, in the sounds have gone back to real instruments in a lot of ways. And... Um, instead of you know, digital, computerized rhythms. Yeah, I, I noticed that when I was looking around on uh, social media, that there's a lot of really young people that are looking for that original original reggae sound. They're, and they're, they're into the whole concept of what reggae is about versus, you know, what it became later. Yeah, it's a message music. It's, a, it's music that came out of suffering, but also came out of love. And it's the message of reggae is what people seek. And it's just sort of relaxing and has a positive message mostly. And um, a lot of people gravitate towards that still to this day. They, I will often hear when I'm playing out, um, oh, you play, the, you play the good stuff. You play the <laughs> you know, old school reggae, which is uh, what people will... People gravitate towards refer to that uh, roots reggae yeah. as old school because Bob Marley sung about one love, uh, one people, one one heart, mm -hmm. the oneness of 
everything. I just wanted to recap that we're talking with Larry Hacken, and he has the show Heavyweight Sounds. It's Fridays, alternative Fridays at 10 to midnight on KZYX. And how can uh, listeners get a hold of you, Larry, to, for upcoming appearances when you're out and about? I have a Facebook page. That's my main way of getting out the news, not the only Facebook activities I do. But um, my Facebook page can be found at Larry Heavyweight Hacken, H-A-C-K-E-N. And you'll find announcements for when I'm playing out in the bars and clubs and such. I specialize in obscure 45, you see, because Jamaica is such a musical country and island, and they almost everyone in, in Jamaica is attached to music in some way. There's a big um, boys' school, the Alpha Boys' School, that taught so many great musicians since the early 60s. Some of the world, most world-class musicians came out of the Alpha Boys' School. And so um, there's millions and millions of one-hit wonders. There's a bottomless pit of music that came out of reggae on a 45 that you can't find on a record, on an album, or a CD, or anything. It just came out on a 45. This artist maybe put out one or two songs in his life. There's so much of that. So that's where you find the real gems is when you go searching for these old 45s, and that's my passion. <laughs> that's awesome. And so I have thousands and thousands of gear one-offs that uh, you know came out on a 45 and died off from there. So that's where I get my, uh, my playlist from. And uh, so a lot of the obscure songs are not in the copyright database. So, yeah, it's a labor of love. And, uh, yeah, we'll continue doing it until I can't do it anymore. I bring, actually, bring a lot of equipment into the station. Another, you know, not only the vinyl, but uh, I bring my own DJ mixer, and I bring sound effects machines and mm. echo pedal, you know, guitar echo pedals. And so I, I actually do my own dubbing in the station live. So it's, and so I will look at every show as a, as a work of art and put everything into it. You know, I put a lot of energy into my shows. And I have a good home, and I'm happy to be there. And, uh, yes, you do. <laughs> it's an awesome place. It's an awesome place. And it's always been uh, the best people there. So people that are really passionate about there, what they do. So, yeah, tune in. All right, and thanks to our music director, Catherine Cole, for putting together these interviews with our music programmers and um, submitting them to us so we can air them live. Well, they weren't live. We can air them recorded. Live right now. Live right now. Yeah. yeah just happened. Um, all right, so now we would like to um, introduce Dina Polkinghorn. She is the president of the KZYX board of directors and she's here in person at, in the Philo studios to talk to us about the board activities, recent board activities, and also we'll open the phone lines at um, 707-895-2448 in maybe 10, 10 minutes or mm -hmm. so. Okay, so Dina, tell us about some recent recent board activities sure good morning i'm i'm happy to be here this is the first time i've done this so um well after a long exhaustive search we we've recently um had three board members leave the board longtime board members leave the board so we were able to do a recruitment in a search so um if a board member uh leaves their term um the, the board appoints their replacement until the next election and that person has to run for the position. So so we had some appointments to make and I'm super happy to report we have filled three of the four. 
So we've, um, and Angelica Limone from Redwood Valley, she's an at-large board member. Zochild Martinez uh, is joining us also as an at-large board member. And uh, Jeff Zolotar is the new programmer's rep. Mm-hmm. Right. So we're still missing uh, <laughs> Fort Bragg or a coastal, I think it's District 4. District 4. District 4 mm-hmm. uh, representative. And as you may know, uh, KZYX's board is based on the county's district. That's right. So it's the same as the supervisors. Uh, so uh, District 4 um that's Dan Jurdy, I think. On That's the, right. On mm-hmm. the uh, yeah. on the board of supervisors. Gonna, gonna Fort mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. and it extends down to Casper, but not Mendocino. That's right. Which is in your district that you represent. Even though I live in the Ukiah Valley, <laughs> I'm in that weird fifth district that loops around. Right. Um, but yeah, and I think it goes north up to Westport, and yeah, yeah. along the coast goes way mm-hmm. up there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, if anyone's interested in joining our board, you can contact us. There's a BOD at kzyx.org, and somebody, probably Renee Vineyard, who's the head of that committee, will respond to you, and uh, we'll get your application, and we'll consider it. Um, so, any interested folks out there from District 4, we'd, we'd really like to uh, see your participation. Um, that's that's filling the seat of Lori Leaf, who was uh, in the last KZYX. Uh, well, we didn't have an election because there wasn't a contested seat. So, but she was the board person, and then she ended up moving to Ukiah. Mm-hmm. So she had to drop off. Yeah, and uh, you know it's important that the coast is represented in this endeavor. We keep a studio over there, mm-hmm. and um, a large group of our supporters are from the coast. So. So, coast folks, send us someone. Yeah. Send us someone our what, way. What yeah. is the commitment? If somebody's interested in sure. joining the board, what, what, what do they do? Uh, well, this is a real working board. This is not a rubber stamp board at all. Um, we have several committees, and we ask board members to sit on a few of them, and they generally meet once a month at, at a minimum and maybe sometimes twice a month. Um, so there's committee uh, expectations and then a monthly board meeting. And then the most important thing right now is this capital campaign. Mm-hmm. We are trying to raise funds uh, to move the station over to Ukiah. So that is the, the main focus of the board right now, for mm-hmm. sure. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, you, you don't have to be a professional fundraiser. We just need people with energy and interest and enthusiasm to yeah. do this work. People who love KCYX. That's right. Mm-hmm. And who recognize its importance in our community. And um, we're so pleased to have these new board members. Um, so Chilt and Angelica are both bilingual, and that is a big plus and, mm-hmm. and very welcome aspect of these two board members. So... Um, and yeah. and I know you've you've interviewed so chill. Yeah, I'm doing. I produce a Monday mornings show in Spanish. It's a public affairs and news shows. And one of the things that we do every month with so chill is she's a. Um, uh, psychiatric, psychiatric nurse. nurse so we have a conversations about mental health so we have these conversations in Spanish really important conversations about how to identify depression how to think about yourself it's like sometimes culturally culturally for the arts Latinos we don't talk about mental health so having this access on their on our language on the airways is very important so start so that's a work that she's already providing to the community not only on her own 
practice, but also on the airwaves here on KCYX. Mm -hmm. I think she's also a member of the City of Ukiah's Diversity Committee. In yes. fact, I think she's mm -hmm. the chair, and she serves on the Mendocino College Board, and she's she's very active already in, in the community. She also does work with uh, Native tribes, and she she's I mean she's an, an amazing person, and we're we're uh, yeah, really we're flattered and pleased, right? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Well, you know, Angelica, um, I, I have a history with her. We work together at Project Sanctuary. She has a history working in the safety net and social services. Um, she's, she's currently pursuing her master's degree while being a mother with three children. Uh, and, and so and Part of the board? No. But now she's part of the board, and uh, she's a wonder. And I loved working with her at Project Sanctuary. And uh, so I reached out to her, and, and she was interested. So we're so... We're so happy to have her. Yeah. And Jeff Solitar, longtime uh, volunteer um, programmer here at KCYX, Roots and All is his program on Tuesdays from 1 to 3. And he is, he's also produced concerts on the coast, uh, mostly for Americana artists. And so uh, he's been away for a little while. Now he's back and we're. We're just so glad to uh, have him. He kept up his program, but he had to go and clean a family house uh -huh. after a death. And, and so he went away for a while. Yeah. yeah. So anyway, that's... I should, I should also say about Angelica, <clears throat> uh, this is a board of uh, recently retired people mostly. <laughs> so mm. it's super nice to have a younger person at the table. Um, you know, we have to transition from the the you know older and uh, longtime supporters uh, to new supporters and yeah. new listeners and so I'm really pleased she's joined the board she's she's the only one under forty so mm. there's some d diversity oh there. yay yeah, yes yay. gosh <laughs> <laughs> um, well let's Dina maybe you could talk a little bit about your your background at Project Sanctuary sure sure uh, Project Sanctuary was one step in a career path that really um, started in nonprofits. It's most of my time. I did retire from Project Sanctuary in not this April, the April before, so April of 22. And um, I started there as uh, basically the assistant to the executive director. I was the office manager and stepped into the role in 2008. Uh, it's an amazing organization. I, I miss them all. But, you know, running an organization during COVID, hmm. uh, along with a lot of upheaval and realignment in social justice work at the same time, um, uh, it just, I was tired. Oh, yes. <laughs> it, was, it was time. So, uh, but I, I love them. They're a great group of people, and we definitely parted as friends. I'm still a volunteer. I volunteer on the crisis line. Hmm. Um, and before that, I worked at the Main Street Program, the Ukiah Main Street Program, and um, even was a FedEx courier at one point. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, but, but, but about tw a 20-year career in nonprofits and, mm -hmm. and working by, yeah. Yeah, so, and, and um, come January, you're going to step down from your position as board president and um, come and job share with me as yeah. in the executive director yeah. role. Yeah, yeah, I, you know, my, my experience is mostly uh, at all these places I've worked. My sort of wheelhouse, if you will, is the infrastructure and the administrative stuff. And sometimes, I'm, you know, I also serve on the board of directors for the California Partnership of Domestic Violence. And um, 
which is an amazing organization. It's a coalition of all the DV shelters in the state. Um, and I, I, even there, I've sort of gravitated toward the boring sort of admin thing as a board Thank member. Thank you. Yeah, I love that stuff. I'm, I'm a weirdo. I love that stuff. You have, so. to, you have to love it to <laughs> be efficient with that. Otherwise, yeah. it will be yeah. tedious. I like to find documents when I need them. And, I, you know, I, I like a good, solid infrastructure. So I'm excited. I mean, we... We are transitioning, for sure, to the new building, to new leadership. You know, when you came on board, you were very clear this was not a permanent thing for you. Um, and so we knew eventually we'd have to get a new general manager. So there's transitions coming up. Mm -hmm. And it, I think what my purpose is and my goal is to get some things sorted so we could hand off uh, a pretty nice package and a bow, a new building and, and you know, right. some good yeah. infrastructure. And you definitely compliment me with your skills because those are not my <laughs> skills, as I think my two <laughs> colleagues here will attest. I mean, I can certainly, I can certainly um, deal with the Corporation for Public Broadcasting. Great. Rich and I deal with the FCC. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, you know, I'm I'm pretty well versed in that. But when it comes to a lot of uh, like our our federal grants yeah. are are like my eyes begin to roll around <laughs> in, in my eyeballs. You know, I just uh, it's it's just difficult for me to uh, focus on that stuff and mm. feel that it's important. So. I'm happy to pick up. The, Thank you. Happy to pick it up. I I yeah. had a I have a lot of experience working with grants and Calouas grants, federal and state grants. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and we've and Lynn, let's just segue to the building project, yeah. and because this is where we've put a lot of our uh, energy of late is in federal grants yeah. because that seems to be where some money is that we can access and and we do have this $150,000 matching grant from the National Endowment for the Humanities and um, you've uh, worked on a USDA grant uh -huh. and now we're looking at the FEMA CPB grant that just uh, they just opened for proposals the deadlines November 8th and um, we'll be applying for a bunch of broadcast equipment that um, will facilitate our emergency response, including, of course, the EAS, which is has never really been used uh -huh. yet, um, the emergency alert system that goes all over the United States. And, and we're certainly a, a, a perfect fit for that, mm -hmm. for yes, that grant. Yes, we are, and we hope that there's, there's quote, only $34 million in this <laughs> fund. I, well, I mean, be, it's also um, open to television stations, and, yeah. of course, everything they do um, is about four times more expensive right. than radio, right. and and so so we're uh, a good bang for the buck. We we are, yeah. but we also are. I mean, you know, will our competition will be uh, heavily? Um, th their priority is on rural um, and and um, minority owned stations and. Um, small stations mm -hmm. so we certainly we fill most of that bill we're not minority owned but we now have a strong latino presence with victor's uh staff position and two people on the board and so we have it, it's about commensurate with what we have in our county and yeah. it's mm -hmm. it's an important new initiative for kcyx to really try to serve this community and so I think we'll have a good chance, but you know, if you, 
uh, you were talking about bang for the buck. There's only 90,000 people here. So, you know, I don't, I mean, just judging the way CPB does its grants, for example, the bigger you are, the more you you get. get. And they try to build in some protection for rural rural stations, but it's not necessarily uh, workable all the time. So anyway, we've turned our attention to these federal grants. We've had help from... um, you know, our, our board member, Susan baird Kanan, who's mm-hmm. just really a marvel yeah. on, on editing and writing. A wordsmith, yeah. A wordsmith. Mm-hmm. And um, um, our treasurer, Kate Starnetta, is also familiar with federal grants and can help us yeah. a lot in that area. Right. And um, we've had some consultation with Mari Roden, who's a grant maker and, right. and also a volunteer here and also mayor of Ukiah. So <laughs> anyway, we, we've had some some helpful people on that but that's that's where we're looking now because um we we are very interested in finding major donors for this campaign but we've had so far not happening not happening and and you know these grants will will take up big chunks they'll you know they'll fill big voids for us for sure but there's a lot of cracks in between mm-hmm. yeah. we need help we need help and and um you know it it's it's not hyperbole. These trees are growing <laughs> every day, and and uh, the station signal is going to get blocked. This equipment that we have now has to be replaced, and this building cannot support that equipment. We have to move. It's your community radio station, and you will be moving <laughs> to 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 make this a, a sustainable operation. So um, we need your help to do it. Yep. So we're putting out the call out there and thanks to everybody who has contributed to this fund and who has given um, generously because it really has made a difference and we've been able to do we've been able to accomplish a lot so far but it's a big project. Yeah the kickstart was amazing when we had that first pledge rise just for the building fund I just was so blown away by the support we got. Yeah, it was yeah. great. Yeah. And and of course, you can do a lot with a, a number of small donors if everybody steps forward. Sure. And when I say small, you know, I mean, of course, it's a relative term and mm-hmm. so is large. But, yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, I mean, something that would help us, for example, is a gift of $100,000 or a <laughs> gift of $250,000. But, <laughs> no you know, problem. no problem. But you in the meantime, you know, anything you can give. It's yeah. mounted up to our six hundred thousand dollar total, and we're we still have a bunch of that left, and we're um, hopefully about to access that uh, the rest of the uh, uh, NEH grant, and so that'll be very very helpful in moving forward. Okay, well we'd like to open the phone lines if you're interested yeah. in talking to uh, Dina Polkinghorn. She's the president of the KZYX board. She'll soon join the staff in January of 2024 and she'll be job sharing um, in the executive director role and her specialty thank God, is infrastructure and and bureaucratic stuff, which is really welcome to me because, you know, I I got into this on the content side and I, and my background is definitely in radio. And, um, you know, I had the opportunity to go to the first, you know, the national conference this summer with Victor and Catherine and Sarah and Shanks. And that was really 
I had some experience in radio long ago. I used to sell radio ads for the commercial trio of stations in the Chico area, but I never got behind the booth. You know, I never that side of it at all. It was fascinating. It was a great trip. Um, I tried to pick workshops that focus more on rural stations, and so I saw a lot of similarities. Mm-hmm. And so when you're talking about this grant, um, the the FEMA one, I can see there is competition there because mm-hmm. they we all sort of felt like we were an important piece of the emergency uh, infrastructure in our areas. So, um, but what a great conference to go to. I really enjoyed it. It's always yeah yeah. 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 Now we're sitting here with a board member of the National Federation That's right. of Community right. Broadcasters. Yeah. Yeah. Congratulations. Thank you. Yeah. So 895-2448. Uh, 707-895-2448. That's the number to call if you have any questions for um, me, Victor, or our board president, Dina Pokinghorn. And I want to start this uh, part of the the show with one of the beautiful things about community radio is like we're open to people and this week we have a visit of uh, Tom and Maya they were uh, visiting the area and they connected with KCYX 15 years ago and this is what they uh, said about the station my name is Maya and I'm traveling with Tom today and I listen to KZYX whenever I travel from Ukiah to Lakeport and every I think Saturday or Sunday, there's some special shows that I love to listen to. Hi, my name's Tom Flanagan. My wife, Maya, and I are out from Lakeport today. We're driving through Philo on our way back from Mendocino. We had heard of KZYX passing through 15 years ago, maybe. We heard Fred Woolley. He introduced me to some new music that I'd never heard of and never would have heard of. And since then, he's introduced me to many other artists and we've been to some live shows as well. So we're very happy to be here at KZYX today. I really enjoy when Fred Woolley introduces me to artists from other countries, and then I look them up on YouTube and see some great videos. Whenever I get a chance, I'll go see them live, and I hope he keeps going forever. I listen to KZYX online in their archives. I really like the fact that KZYX is a small-town radio station, still operating with live hosts and local musicians as well as far-flung musicians and playing from an extensive library of music that has been lost to all of the major radio stations. We were just passing through Philo, so I met this old guy in the market, I figured he might know something about KZYX. He looks like he's been here a while. Turns out he's been here 41 years. I wish I'd gotten his name. But he told me, you go down the road to the left, you go down the hill, you cross the creek, you'll see some driveways on the right, you keep going to another one and another one, and you'll see a little tiny sign that says KZYX, and you drive in there and you turn right, and there's a little building on the right, and here we are. And we drove up and stopped and we were thinking of going on because I didn't know if this was all pre-recorded and there was nobody here but but Marty and Victor were here Marty poked her head out the door so I knew somebody was inside so we stopped the van knocked on the door came inside got a tour now we're recording a nice announcement and having a great time all right so 
um, amazing. Yeah, it was really fun. They were very, they were mm-hmm. really neat people, and that's always just it was a treat for us. Yeah, sure. We love our Lake County listeners. Yeah, yeah. and to have their enthusiasm and you know. Um, yeah, and listening to the station for so many years, and just stopping by and 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 get to see the inside of the studio that's that's one of the magic of community radio you know yeah. like you don't have that many opportunities you cannot go to a commercial station and right say like hey i want to see how the studios are look like right right <laughs> and, and, and if you come by i think what's pretty apparent really quick is that we are bursting at the seams here we have outgrown this space for mm-hmm. sure mm-hmm. oh yes yes indeed <laughs> and i it's it's happened over you know 34 years sure. mm-hmm. served us well it, it has but it is it is time to move on so. and one of the things that i like about the conversation is what it says like to find the station now you have to do what he said like go to this row <laughs> go fly, right and left and right. there's like a little thing on the right so we're a little bit invisible and so our move to Ukiah is gonna give bring us more visibility. Sure. And people, we're gonna we can have more of these interactions, and we're gonna have we're gonna be avail- uh, uh, we're gonna be reaching out more people, and we can create more programs. And I, I think it's gonna be a positive change. We're still gonna have a presence here in the valley, like mm-hmm. we have in the coast, like mm-hmm. we have in Willits, but uh, we're gonna go from being that little cabin in the woods to right. more. Uh, community presence on the admin side of things i think it'll be easier to hire people from that location i think there's uh fewer people are willing to make this drive unfortunately it's a beautiful drive i did Mm -hmm. it this morning but there are fewer people who want to do that on a daily basis so it will help with that yeah, we still have some time, 707-895-2448, if you have some questions for our board uh, director, or if you have some questions about the topics that we have to uh, talk about today during the show. Yeah, we'd love to talk to you in the last two or three minutes here that we have, and uh, stay tuned for the Wondrous World of Music with uh, Gordon, Gordon Black uh, coming up at 10 o'clock. Well, any parting words, Dina? Uh, You know, one thing I want to say is I'm so happy you came back to KCYX, Victor. (laughs) Thank you. That was great. It was a really great move for the station. So I just need to publicly say that to you. We're so happy you're back. (laughs) Thank you. I'm I'm, I'm really happy to be back. We've been really, really busy, uh, like you were saying. We're doing a lot of changes at the uh, old staff meeting. We have we talked to our programmers about all the changes that we're doing. This is the time to do it before yeah. we move. We have a caller, and we're gonna bring caller on the air. Hello, caller, you're on the air. What's your name? Well, uh, my name's Tim. Hi, Tim. And yeah, I'm a programmer, but I I um, I I do uh, I do appreciate the um, the uh, courage. Of, um, of Marty and uh, the uh, station in um, acquiring property. And I'm kind of wondering um, how many 501c3s um, actually reach to uh, uh, build equity, let's say, rather than be re- uh, eternally renting, but to actually have a home base. But... Um, it, it's, it, it does seem uh, extremely, um, um, not risky, but um, mm-hmm. ambitious. Yeah, it is. You're right, Tim. And I can let me quickly answer it because we're running out of time. You know, there's a. That's okay. Thanks for calling at all. Um, We, uh, 
You know, there's a surprising number of community radio stations who actually own their property and their businesses and their studios. Um, It's a very common thing, but most stations do it before they've been on the air for 34 years. So uh, we're, we're starting late, and there's just never been the infrastructure here to pull something like this off and we're hoping we have it now mm-hmm. so thanks for your praise and i it'll it's your legacy yeah Aww. hopefully <laughs> yeah thank you tim all right thanks for luck. calling yeah and um we've got to end the program so thanks to everyone for listening and thanks to dina for My driving pleasure. over here and My being pleasure. live this is exciting for <laughs> it's us it's fun thank you yeah